Hi, I'm Ayelet Marinovich, your host. Welcome back to Strength in Words, a family enrichment program for parents, caregivers, and infants and toddlers of all developmental levels. Each week we get together to sing a few songs, discuss some ideas for play, and outline some insight about early development. This series is time for you to be together and to feel like you're doing something good for and with your baby, small child, or multiple young children. Please follow your child's lead. I am a speech and language pathologist, and I specialize in work with very young children, but this is not to be confused with speech therapy. This is what I call family enrichment. All suggested activities are meant to be enjoyed by your baby under close adult supervision. For a more complete story of Strength and Words, please listen to my introduction episode or visit strengthandwords.com. Hello everybody, hello everybody, it's nice to see you here today. Hello everybody, hello everybody, it's nice to see you here. We can start by saying to the, hello to the people who are with us. Hello to a yell it, hello to the singers, hello, 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 hello. Hello to the babies, hello to the toddlers, hello, hello, hello. Hello to the children, hello to the grown-ups, hello, 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 hello. Hello to your friends, hello to my friends, hello, hello, hello. Since I don't know your name, I'll help you sing the song and you can fill it in. Ready? Hello to your child's name, hello to your name, hello, 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 hello everybody, hello everybody, hello, hello, hello. Let's say hello to some of the things we could put in front of our babies to help them enjoy tummy time. Hello to the pictures, hello to the books, hello, 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 hello to mama's face, hello to daddy's face, hello, 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 one last time, hello everybody, hello everybody, it's nice to see you here today, hello everybody, hello everybody, it's nice to see you here. So today I would love to introduce a very special guest to you. Her name is Rachel Coley. She's a pediatric occupational therapist and the creator of Can Do Kiddo, a really wonderful online resource for parents, caregivers of, and professionals working with infants and toddlers. She's also the author of several books, including my personal favorite, Begin With a Blanket. Welcome, Rachel. Thanks so much for being here on Strength and Words. Thank you, Ayala. I love the podcast. I've been enjoying it with my little one during nap time for her brother lately. So. <laughs> Perfect. So you are an occupational therapist. Why don't you give us a little background about what your focus has been in, in your field? Sure. Well, I've always been interested in children and working with kids even before I was an OT. So I've always been a pediatric OT. And then um, the last about four or five years of my career was spent exclusively in early intervention, which is birth to three. And my real passion is baby. So that first year of life, um, I love working with families. I love working with babies. And as you know, that's just such an important, crucial time where you can make such a lifelong impact on development. Absolutely. And I know that one of the topics that is near and dear to you is the subject of tummy time. So most of us 
know that we're supposed to give our infants time on their tummies, I'm hoping that you can give our listeners a, just a very brief history of why this is an important thing to do. Sure. Yes, it is one of my favorite. I love tummy time. Um, so in the early 90s, most people are familiar with the Back to Sleep campaign, now called the Safe to Sleep campaign. Um, and it's been wonderful for dramatically reducing the rates of sudden infant death syndrome, or also known as cot death in different countries. Mm-hmm. Um, but as a side effect of that, we're having babies sleeping on their backs most of the time. And research is showing us that babies sleeping almost exclusively on their backs is leading to some slower attainment of milestones. So not true textbook delays, but just slower attainment of milestones. And so that makes it even more important for us to do things when they're awake to combat those effects and keep them on track. The other piece of it, a secondary effect, is that it has led to parents being a little bit more nervous about putting baby on their belly even when awake. Mm -hmm. And so we want to combat that too and just help spread awareness that tummy time is safe, tummy time is fun. And then the other thing to note is at the same time that that Back to Sleep campaign came on scene, we've seen a dramatic rise in the use of baby gear during awake time, so seats and swings and car seat carriers. And so that makes tummy time even more important too because all that time contained needs to be balanced. It needs to be modified and reduced, but it also needs to be balanced by freedom of movement and Mm playtime. So essentially, number one, the Back to Sleep campaign did such a good job that it sort of overzealously created a need for a step back in a way and a, a modification of the approach. Correct. Um, and, and in cultures where babies naturally spend a lot of time being worn or being put on the floor, it's not quite as essential to have that discreet, intentional tummy time because it sort of naturally happens. So we just have a culture that's a little bit different that makes it so that we need to be more mindful of our baby's positioning. Mm-hmm. Now, you mentioned that carriers and carrying a baby on your body is considered to be a different type of gear than other types of gear that you related to. And why? can you tell us about why? Why that is sure so when you wear a baby upright it's a very different position like say in a carrier on your chest it's a very different position than that quote-unquote bucket seat where a baby is semi-reclined and most of the other pieces of baby gear while they're different pieces of equipment they're all basically that same bucket position and so when you hold baby upright you're giving them a chance to turn their head you're giving them a break from all that pressure on the back of their head You're giving them really nice sensory input and that connection to the wearer, the caregiver, or the parent. Great. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Now, are there schools of thought or people in general who view tummy time as an unnatural type of position or that discourage parents from doing it? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I hear from those folks on a regular basis on the blog. And I welcome that. I welcome an open dialogue about it. But basically, that tends to stem from a paradigm or a viewpoint of development that is typically among educators. Hmm. And so for healthcare professionals like myself or developmental specialists, we view development through a neurodevelopmental paradigm and or a biomechanical paradigm. Hmm. And so it's just a different way of viewing development and understanding how babies develop. And I think a lot of the criticism stems from this view that tummy time is an adult-imposed position or that it's Hmm. unnatural. And I just have to chuckle a little bit because every position of an infant is adult-imposed. Even holding an infant is adult-imposed. So when I look at the reflexes that a newborn has and the skills that they're born with, I see that tummy time is natural. And the best way to see that is to go on YouTube and look up a breast crawl. And what that means is when you put a baby belly down in literally the moments after they're born on mommy's belly, 
they have the reflexes to crawl to the breast and nurse. And I just, I literally get choked up thinking about it because it's amazing. so amazing and beautiful and probably one of the most natural things in the world. And so I really see that as evidence that tummy time is something a baby is born to do. It's something that's natural and that they have the reflexes to cope with that position. So. Well, and we see, I mean, it's interesting because I think people generally think of tummy time as you need to put the baby on the floor, but mm-hmm. actually one of the positions, as I understand it, that you can use in tummy time is as a parent is reclined mm-hmm. and as the baby is on their tummy on the parent. That yeah. That is included in tummy time. Absolutely. There are a ton of ways to do tummy time. Over your lap is a great one as well. Mm-hmm. And I think that's naturally how generations before us that didn't have the word tummy time, that's how they were doing it a lot of the time was they thought of it as, well, yeah, that's just how I hold my baby while I'm kneading bread. I have the baby on my lap. So yeah, I think that's an important distinction. Right. We love giving terms, don't we, these days? Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) For things that are thousands of years old, actually. (laughs) Yeah. And I I like to also equate it to that um, mentality about exercise where you could hold yourself accountable to go to the gym at discrete increments every week, or you could adopt that sort of active mindset where you park a little further away from the grocery or you take the stairs instead of the elevator. So instead of thinking of tummy time as this really discrete assignment or task that you have to do if you just incorporate it into well this is why how I hold my baby sometimes and this is how I put my baby down sometimes when I have to brush my teeth then I think it it becomes a little less scary and a little more doable so when should parents actually start with tummy time and also on the other end of it Mm -hmm. what age does the baby sort of outgrow the need for it so as long as your baby was healthy and full term you really want to start right away in that first week of life. I actually have videos that I post on social media sometimes of my baby literally at 24 hours old in the hospital, totally rocking tummy time, better than she did a week or two later because she had those stronger reflexes. Yeah, as early as possible is the best, both for development and for tolerance. That helps baby get used to it. And then when to stop, I think it's more when to stop worrying. Baby will stop doing tummy time when they're pretty much ready. They'll start to move out of it and crawl or roll. It'll become a very transitional brief position. Mm. But the one exception to that would be if you have a very early roller from belly to back. That happens accidentally a lot with newborns, but every now and then you'll have a baby that at six or eight weeks truly learns how to roll from belly to back. And that's a baby that you may want to continue to encourage a little more tummy time because they're still going to be several months away from crawling and being mobile. Now you have some great recommendations and sort of goal setting ideas for tummy time on Can Do Kiddo. How (laughs) in the world are parents, caregivers, educators, how are we expected to reach these amazing goals? Because you suggest that 30 minutes per day by the end of month one, 60 minutes by the end of month two, and 90 minutes by the end of month three are the goals that we should shoot for. Right. I like how you phrase that. That's exactly what they are, what to shoot for. Because not every baby can or will reach those. And not every family's lifestyle will allow you to reach those. But I set them high for two reasons. One is because um, it's in alignment with some of the very limited research that we actually have about how much tummy time to do. And that's focused at four-month-olds. An hour and 20 minutes or 80 minutes a day by four months of age seems to be this magic number. And so we want to make sure that we're building up to that, right? So that's where my goals come from, is building up to that 80-minute mark by four months. So some of my secrets or my tips for meeting those pretty high goals are to 
carry your baby in tummy time. That's a huge one. So you can lay baby belly down on your forearm and walk around the house or walk out to the car or be brushing your teeth with the other hand. So that one is huge. I would say that my baby, my second born, who didn't love tummy time as much as my first, she probably spent 40% of her daily tummy time in those early months being held in tummy time. And then, like you said, on your chest or on your lap. And the other one is just to break it up into really little bits, especially those first couple of months. I mean, I think I was hitting that 30-minute mark probably took me 20 sessions in a day. Mm -hmm. And it was just so short. It was like, all right, I have to put her down. I'm going to start with tummy time and see if she'll tolerate a minute and then roll her off. And so it's not this big stressful, I have to do five minutes of tummy time. It's, It's just how I put her down every time I put her down. And that added up. That does really take the pressure off, I think, for us as parents, because we, for some of us, I think we have the basic vulnerability of being new parents Uh when we have a new infant. And then we have all these sort of things that we're reading about milestones and Uh you should be doing this by this age and your baby must be tolerating this much tummy time every day but but breaking it up and especially because newborns don't like being put down oftentimes mm-hmm. allowing your baby to experience a different position while helping to develop those muscles is such a great such a great way to think about it as well yeah so, to think of it also as the goal to shoot for but not to beat yourself up it took us longer with my second born to reach those goals and then it did my first, and some of that was personality, and some of it was lifestyle. I didn't have as much bandwidth to be thinking about tummy time because I had a toddler to care for. So just honoring that and just in the same way that we set other goals in other areas of our lives, and we aim for them, but we don't always meet them. It's more of an intention, yes, um, and that's absolutely. what I hope for parents, to extend grace to themselves, but to set the intention so that it's not one more thing you forget to do. Well said. So why is it that some babies actually really just don't tolerate tummy time? Yeah, there's a couple of reasons, and sometimes we don't really know. I mean, some of it is truly a temperament thing. Um, Definitely babies who are colicky or babies who have reflux tend to be fussier. And at times with some children I've worked with, I'm not sure if that's a true discomfort or if it's truly I just want to be held, you know, and we have to honor that. I think that sometimes it's a red flag for some sensory processing issues, and we won't know that until many, many months or even years down the line when we meet that child in a clinic and we go back to the developmental intake and we say, how was tummy time? And the parent says, oh, it was awful. And that's when we say, oh, well, maybe it was awful because that child had some sensory defensiveness. I think children who, or in my experience, children who are not introduced to tummy time until months into their life have a much harder time coping with it. And part of that is that the reflexes that I touched on earlier have integrated more, and so they're actually less equipped to deal with it. If you put a two- or three-month-old baby down for the first time in tummy time, it is harder for them. And they also have better vision, so they want to see more further away. And suddenly you put them in this position that they're not strong enough to lift their head and see. And also they just have a little bit more autonomy by then. They have a little bit more understanding that they should be able to control their body and their environment more. And so I just really think that starting early is key for people. And then if you did start late, not to beat yourself up about that, but to adjust those goals and intentions for tummy time accordingly and realize that your baby may not be hitting those same numbers. And that's okay. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know more now today than you did yesterday as a parent. I tell people that all the time. Like, that's a good thing. Don't beat yourself up for yesterday. Start today, make some changes, and move on. 
That's it. <laughs> so let's hear it. Your top three sort of ideas or suggestions for tummy time. I think my biggest one would be to have either a blanket or a pack and play in the hot spots of your house where you need to put baby down. Mm. If tummy time can actually become a thing that helps you out, you're going to be a lot more likely to do it. So we have a pack and play in our kitchen. And we put baby even in those first weeks, belly down for a few minutes in the pack and play, and then roll her over and let her play under her activity gym. We had blankets stacked up in the bathroom so that I could get ready in the morning, and baby was doing a little bit of tummy time. Another big one is to use all of baby's senses. And I know you're going to be nodding your head at this when I yell it, but don't just think about putting something for baby to see. Think about something for baby to hear. Or baby to touch, even just with the cheek. What what surface is your baby putting that little cheek on? How could we change the sensation there? And I think it's important to add here, too, that don't expect that all tummy time is going to be head lifting, heavy work for your baby. Sometimes it's just lounging with their head to the side, and that's okay. That's actually wonderfully helpful for baby. And then, like I said earlier, the third one would just be to start early and start often. Just little bits, little 30 seconds here, a minute there. Lots and lots and lots of times throughout the day. Oh, you've just enveloped us with wonderful information. Thank you, Rachel. This is great. You're Thanks welcome. so much for, for being here with us today. Thank you for having me. I will link Rachel's information, what you can find on Can Do Kiddo, as well as some good links for tummy time to her website from the podcast page for this week's episode. Awesome. Thanks. Thanks for being here. See you later. What will you do the rest of your day? Goodbye to the babies. Goodbye to the toddlers. Goodbye bigger kids. Goodbye all the siblings. Goodbye to the grown-ups. Goodbye to the singers. Goodbye I yell it. Goodbye to this music. We laughed and we're played. We're getting very clever. This is what counts. Being here together. Thanks so much, everyone. For instructions to create and ideas for how to use your very own DIY high contrast images to assist with tummy time and other early motor development skills, you can head over to my website, www.strengthandwords.com. You can find us on iTunes and Stitcher, as well as straight from the website. If you enjoyed this episode, please do subscribe, rate, and review on any and all of those forums. If you feel inclined to support what we're doing here at Strength and Words, you can do so by visiting my website and clicking on the link to either make a one-time donation or by becoming a patron of Strength and Words on Patreon. I'll be here again next week. <laughs>